So it's, um, this is the first week of our vision series, kind of over the next five weeks. So our vision at Patton Church is inviting people into family to serve Swindon. That's what we're about here at Patton Church, inviting people into family to serve Swindon. So in two weeks' time, Cass is going to share a little bit about what, what, what we're going after in inviting people. And two weeks after that, Paul's going to give us a bit of a vision for how we serve Swindon. But today we're talking about what it means for us to be inviting people. Now, um, it's the new year. Happy New Year, if you weren't here last week. New Year's resolutions, day 12. Who's, um, who's messed it up already? Yeah, day 12. This is, um, this is the year I'm going to get my, my half marathon time. It's happening this year. I've got a friend, um, and he, every year for the last six years, has called it the, the year of the six-pack. He, um, he hasn't achieved it yet, but um, he's, I expect he's going again this year. I haven't asked him. But um, we often do that, and we, we sort of think about new year, new me. Who do I want to be in this year? What, what are my priorities going to be? What's going to define me? How am I going to be the best me? And... Um, and they're good questions, and we can look at it from a faith angle. What, who's God calling me to be this year? It's a good question. Um, but one thing that, I've, that I'm sort of learning more and more is actually, in order to, for me to be the best me, I sometimes need to look a little bit less inward and a little bit more outward. That actually I find out who I'm made to be, not in just improving, but in looking out in seeing other people, that something shifts in me when I do that, that I become more than me that God has made me to be. That it's actually about looking out. Now, um, whenever I talk about vision at Patton Church, I talk about two Bible passages. And um, so we're going there again, Luke 15. Luke 15, this is my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. And it, it opens like this, verse 1 and 2. It says, one day, many tax collectors and other outcasts came to listen to Jesus, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law started grumbling. This man welcomes outcasts and eats with them. So you've got Jesus being Jesus, not just spending time on on growing himself, as important as that is, but spending his time with people who don't fit, people whose lives are not quite right, people who are making mistakes, people who are getting things wrong, people who are in the wrong profession, people for, who whatever, for whatever reason are on the outside, they're the people that Jesus was hanging out with. And this upset some of the religious people. And um, I'm always scared when I read about the religious people in the Bible, because kind of, that's what I do. And so I, 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 t- I take that and think, oh gosh, and the religious people, they were getting a bit stuck on, are you hanging out with the right people? Are you, are you focusing on you? Are you just with people who are getting things right and who are holy? And, and there's a thing, you know, it's good that we spend time with people who build us up. That's important. But they were missing something of the heart of God. They were missing something of the heart of God when they thought it's all about me and staying in our holy huddle. And so Jesus tells three stories in a row. In fact, I love it. Um, it says, so Jesus told these parables. In the message version of the Bible, it says, and their grumbling triggered this story. And Jesus goes on to tell three stories in a row. The first one about a lost sheep, a shepherd who loses, who, no, he has a hundred sheep. He loses one of his sheep. He leaves the 99 and goes searching for the one. And then let's just put it out verse six there. It says, 
um, you carry it back home and then you call your friends and neighbors together and say to them, I am so happy. I've found my lost sheep. Let us celebrate. And then Jesus tells another story immediately after. There's no other example I know of where Jesus tells three stories in a row with the same meaning. But the next one is a story of the lost coin. A woman has ten coins, loses one. Doesn't say, well, it's all right, I've got nine. She searches high and low until she finds it. And when she finds that lost coin, she calls her friends and neighbors together and she says to them, I'm so happy I've found the lost coin. Let us celebrate. Because Jesus is teaching something important about the heart of God. And then he comes to my favorite story in the whole Bible. Luke 15 um, from verse 11. And it's a story about a dad who has two sons. And the younger son says to his dad, can I have my share of the inheritance now? So if you think about what he's actually asking, he's saying, my life would be better if you were dead now. That is in effect what he's saying. I want what I'm going to get when you die right now. I don't want you and this. I want to just go for it. And, um, and actually, rather than punishing the son like would, would have been expected 2,000 years ago, the dad in the story gives him half of what is due to him then and there. And he goes off and wastes it and makes terrible decisions and does stupid things and ends up with nothing. It's all gone. And, um, and the son comes to his senses and he comes up with this excellent speech that he's going to say to his dad when he comes back. It's good. It's, it's a good level of like hope and, and um, sort of repentance. He says, Father, I'm not worthy to be called your son, but I've sinned against God and against you, but take me back as one of your hired helpers. That's quite a good line, isn't it? If you're putting one together, and so he practices this line, I've sinned against you and against God, I'm not worthy to be called your son, take me back as one of your helpers. And back he goes. Now the expectation would be that the father is angry and hurt and disappointed and comes up with some sort of punishment to make this to make this appropriate but that's just not what we see in the story what we see from verse 20 is um so the son got up and started going back but it says he was still a long way from home when his father saw him his heart was filled with pity other versions say compassion love and he ran bear in mind him um, Arabic men don't run. He th- is this true? He threw his arms around his son and he kissed him. And here we go. Father, the son said, I've sinned against God and against you. I'm no longer to be called your son. Bear in mind, he doesn't get to finish his speech. But the father called his servants. Hurry, he said. Bring the best robes and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. Then go and get the prize calf and kill it and let us celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead, but now he's alive and was lost and now has been found. And so the feasting began. This is the heart of God. And if you're right here today, you feel like maybe you're a bit like that son. You're on the outside. You haven't been living with God or anything like it. This is God's heart for you. But just in case the religious type still didn't get it, people like me, he... Um, he he finishes a story with, with, with a little bit extra. Because the older brother, the one who didn't run away, the one who didn't make bad decisions, the one who was there the whole time, the older brother is miffed. This is not fair. 
how come, how come you're celebrating when this, this son of yours makes terrible decisions and he's embarrassed everyone and he shouldn't be here? But um, this is what um, well, it says there, Luke 29, Luke 15, 29. He answers, Father, look, all these years I've worked for you like a slave. That's a, I've clearly got a good relationship. And I've, you've ne- I've never disobeyed your orders. What have you given me? Not even a goat for me to have a feast with my friend. But this son of yours wasted all your money on prostitutes. And when he comes home, you killed a prize car for him. My son, the father answered, you are always here with me. And everything I have is yours. Just wink at the person next to you and say, everything. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be happy because your brother was dead and he is alive, was lost, and now he's been found. And what Jesus was trying to convey to those guys and to us today is that God's heart breaks for those on the outside. I've got three things I want to say to you, and this is the first one today, that God's heart breaks for those on the outside. And um, the closer we get to God, the more we realize it. And, and people have this idea. I've lost count of the number of times people have told me. When I tell them I'm a vicar, they say, if I step foot in church, God, I'd be struck down with lightning. I've heard that, that exact phrase so many times. But what they're missing, and what we've, I've obviously done a bad job at representing, is that God's heart breaks for those on the outside. When you look at Swindon, um, I mean, there's 150 churches meeting right now, a couple of thousand people. There's 200,000 plus who are not walking with Jesus, who are not in the family, who are not with church, and God's heart breaks for them. And if you're feeling today like you're on the outside, I've got some good news for you. God's heart breaks for you. That God loves you. And, and these guys, they didn't quite get that, which is why Jesus told these three stories. And you can see it. It's not just in Luke 15, although I preach it all the time. It's, um, it's throughout the scriptures from start to finish that God's heart breaks for those on the outside. And that's why that's our vision. We kick off inviting people because we're trying to be a church that reflects that. Because that's the first thing, God's heart breaks for those on the outside. Second thing is that ours should too. God's heart breaks for those on the outside and ours should too. If we want to be Christians, if we're following Jesus, then we should be growing in this. Now, I've had the privilege of um, being in church my whole life. But for many, many years, I didn't quite grasp this. I... I knew about God's love. I knew he loved people. I loved worship. I loved his presence. I knew he was with me. But um, it took me a long time to, to realize the passion with which God's heart just beats for those on the outside. And it's, I feel like year on year it's growing in me. Just this, this love, this desire, this, this, this fire that burns for those who, um, who aren't with us. Because God's heart burns for those on the outside, and um, I should too. And as we grow to be more like Jesus, we start to look out a bit more. That's, um, thanks, Louis. That's, that's what happens in us. And um, if you want to be more like Jesus this year, this would be a great thing to run after. I'd love to look out a bit more. I'd love to see my neighbors, my friends, my family members, my colleagues 
who don't know the hope, the peace, the love, the joy, the purpose, the salvation, the, the, the forgiveness that Jesus brings. To have that heart that breaks for those around us. Because God's heart breaks for those on the outside, and ours should too. And when we talk about vision at Patton Church, it's inviting people. So that's why, I mean, on Sundays, we, we, we don't hold back. We, we sing like we mean it. We preach like God's actually speaking to us. We pray like something's going to happen. But we also try and be really friendly. We, um, we have people in red T-shirts, not because we want a red T-shirt club. Yeah, we do. But because, um, because someone might come here for the first time and we want them to know where to go. Like where the toilets are and... Someone to say hi to them and show them where, where to sit. I don't, I don't know if you, like, have a think for a minute about a time you've been to somewhere that's new. A time you've been to a new place. And um, you might have had a great experience of being welcomed, or you might have had a terrible experience of being welcomed. But if someone comes and says, oh, we've, we've turned the heating on, we've, we've put out some croissants for you, it's like if you invite someone into your home. If you're able, you turn the heating on. If you're a baker, you do a bit of baking, or you at least pop to the cart to get a few biscuits. You put the cup, you put the kettle on. You um, you might even Hoover if um, maybe not. But um, yeah. <laughs> but you want to welcome people. It's, and it, it's it's not superficial. You do it because you love them, because you value them, because you want them to be at home in your home. And that's our heart for the people in Swindon. We, our kids' team, we get them in blue T-shirts. So, so it tells parents coming for the first time. It's quite scary handing your children over to people you don't know from some religious cult. But um, the blue T-shirt just says, well, someone somewhere has put some thought into this. We actually care about your kids. We've actually got a process here. Why? Because we're welcoming people. Because that's God's heart. And we want ours to be too. That's why we don't shut up about Alpha. We run Alpha every term, twice a term. And we do that because God's heart breaks for those on the outside, and ours should too. And when they come to Alpha, we stick them with nice people who are going to chat to them. We have nice food. We get people in the groups to, to bake cakes. Why? Because you do that for someone that you love, so that they can feel at home and be welcomed into the family because our hearts are breaking for those in the same way God does. It's not, that, it's not that people are any more broken than we are and sort of need something. But every one of us needs Jesus. Every person in our town needs Jesus. And so we're trying to work out how can we be a church who reflects God's heart for those on the outside. Like, imagine if all of us, when we came to church... On a Sunday, you don't come to church, we are the church, but go with me for a minute. When you come to a, a church get a gathering, you, um, if, if we didn't just think, let's find my mates, we thought, let's come here and look for the person who looks the most on the outside, and I'll go be friends with them. Or let's find somebody who looks like they're brand new, and I'm gonna, my job is to meet two new people and make them feel at home. Imagine if we all did that. We'd be the friendliest place in Swindon. And that's the vision. Why? Because God's heart breaks for those on the outside. Um, I talk often when I speak about my dad. He's an amazing guy. But he, um, he, for a little while, made some terrible choices. Left church, left us. Very painful. And, um, and made some really selfish, stupid decisions for a while. But he came back to a church. 
And I am so glad that when he came back, he came to a church who loved him. He came to a church who, who didn't remind him of the stupid, selfish things he'd done, but loved him back into the family, celebrated that he was here, welcomed him into their groups, made him feel right at home. I'm so thankful to them that that, that was their heart. And every single person who walks through this door is someone's dad, someone's brother, someone's sister, lots of people who come through the door, just like that person you've been praying for for years to come back. It's, that's who it is. It's someone who is infinitely valuable to God. And so we want to try and reflect that as a church. God's heart is for those on the outside, so I should too. And so it's the stuff we do all together. It's the invitations. Who could you be inviting? And the, the, the Alpha for last, someone from our church, they, they invited, they got four colleagues from, from their office who came to Alpha. And they didn't all stay the whole way, but isn't that awesome? Four colleagues. That's our, that's our new record. Try and beat that. It's not competition, but um, Paul writes, spur one another on in good deeds. If five of your mates come along, I'll take you for dinner. There you go. I don't know if that's an incentive or not, but... Um, if you want dinner, come and tell me. <laughs> but because God's heart beats and breaks for those on the outside. And ours should too. So it's those things. But it's also like, it's the organized stuff. But it's then, imagine if, if that was our outlook. If we had eyes all the time. Those people we see on a school gate. If our eyes were thinking, how can I show a bit of God's love to that person? That colleague who says, I've got a head, headache. And you say, well, can I pray with you? That someone who's having a tough time. Actually, when I was having, having a tough time, my faith in Jesus made a big difference. I'd love to tell you more if you want to hear about it. What would it look like for us to have eyes on those on the outside? Those on a journey. God's heart breaks for those on the outside. Ours should too. And a bit of good news, he's going to help us. He's going to help us. I want to jump to one other little verse, Acts 1 verse 8. Pull it up. Thanks, Matt. Um, this is Jesus was ascended to heaven. He says this, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be filled with power and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the very ends of the earth. That the Holy Spirit does loads of things in us, but one of the things the Holy Spirit does is gives us power to be witnesses, gives us power to tell our friends about Jesus, gives us power and, and confidence and opportunities and favor to share a little bit of God with people who need it. So this is, turn to the person next to you so you don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to do it on your own. God's heart breaks for those on the outside, as should too, but he's going to help us. He's going to help us. The Holy Spirit is going to help us to carry God's heart for those on the outside. Because actually, we can't change people's hearts. We can't convince people that, that this is right. But God can soften hearts. That God can reveal himself to people. And we can play a little role in that. And then... We've got baptisms coming up in, in two weeks' time in the afternoon, and the 26th, 6th, and um, it's so exciting. And there's just some amazing people 
and, and just stories, and every one of them involves people. So Nikki's getting baptized, and um, she wasn't a Christian a year ago, but um, two, of her, two of her clients, she does brilliant things, nails, and, and makes you look beautiful, and sorts your feet out, and, um, <laughs> and um, two of her clients, actually they're both here today, um, started telling her a little bit about Jesus, and one of them said, well, why don't you come along to Patton Church? And she's with us, she did Alpha, and she's getting baptized in two weeks' time. That's, that's you lot doing that. That's not me and my daft messages. Or, um, or, or it's, it's you guys carrying the heart of God, being helped by the Holy Spirit. And then when Nikki does come, we love her in. We, we actually like, want to talk to her and, and I want to find out more. And, and she comes on Alpha and she's in a pattern group. And this is the stuff we get to do. Or... Oh, Beth, who's only been a Christian for a year, she's getting baptized in two weeks' time. Or, or, or Kirsten, who wouldn't have talked about a relationship with Jesus 12 months ago. And actually, despite being confident and bubbly on the outside, didn't feel that on the inside. But she's found family, and she's found Jesus again. And, and we get to do that in two weeks' time. Or I mean, there's a couple of other brilliant people who, um, I mean, they've been in Christian families, but they're now saying, this is for me, that... Every one of these stories involves people who've invited them, people who've talked to them about Jesus, people who've seen that God's heart breaks for those on the outside. In fact, I don't know, maybe that's not so helpful. God's heart doesn't just break on it for those on the outside. God's heart breaks for Nikki and for Kirsten and for Beth and for Dino and for Nate and for Rach and for Shannon. And God's heart breaks for, for Hani and, and for Hamid and for Irman. And we, and we just get the privilege of playing one little role in that. But our vision of Pan Church, inviting people into family to serve Swindon, it starts with this, that God's heart breaks for those on the outside. And him, Asher too, and he's going to help us. And sometimes him... When people talk about this stuff, they talk about someone like Albert McMakin, who you would never would have heard of, but Albert McMakin was a person who, who brought Billy Graham along to his first um, like, church event, and he became a Christian. And you can say, you might not be Billy Graham, but you can be Albert McMakin. And that's absolutely true. But actually, I don't care if it's Billy Graham or Billy No Mates, that actually God's heart breaks for everyone. The people who are obviously brilliant and the people who, who it takes a bit more work to see the gold inside of them. That God's heart breaks for those on the outside. And, and you can listen to a message like this and think, what about me? But that's the important thing about that Acts 15, where God says, or the father says to the older son, you've been with me always and everything I have is yours. We know God's love and peace and joy and presence and purpose in our lives. That's, that's right there for us. Everything God has is, is, there, is, is here for you. But also, this is where we find our purpose. If you look at anyone brilliant, any life that you look back on and celebrate, you'll find that their life wasn't about themselves. Name a great person and, you will, and, and you'll discover quite quickly their life was about other people. It's always the case. 
And that's the invitation for us. And then... Now, this isn't like another thing you have to do for God to love you. That's a given. God loves you. You're in. We don't have to earn that. We don't have to, you don't get loved more if you invite more people on Alpha. You just get to go for dinner with me. But um, you're loved whether you succeed or fail, whether you do this or not. That's the gospel. But this is an invitation. God's saying, this is my heart. Come and carry it for Swindon. Come and carry it for your neighbors. Come and carry it for your friends. Come and carry it for your part of town. Carry it for for Wichelstow. Carry it for Rawton. Carry it for Walcott. Carry it for for Redland. Carry it for for West Swindon. Carry it for Tadpole. Carry it for Parks. Carry it for whichever part of town you're from. And even those you aren't for Swindon, carry it for Shrivenham. Carry carry it for beyond. Carry it for Marlborough if you want. (laughs) This is an invitation Come and join with me in this. This is going to be fun. Um, So when we baptize Beth in in two weeks' time, it'll be me in the pool, and and her sister's going to jump in with her. Because it was her sister who, when Beth was having a tough time, said, you really need to go to church. And that's where Beth's whole journey of finding Jesus for herself started. Can you imagine her sister Louise's joy when she gets to baptize her sister Beth into the family, her life going in a complete different direction? That's the joy we get to be a part of. That's the invitation when we take little risks and we carry God's heart. So what's God inviting you into today? Maybe this is brand new to you and it's just a small step. Maybe the small step is... Just praying that God gives you that heart. Or maybe there's a few people in your life you want to start praying for them. A bunch of us pray at 11.24 every day. That's from from Mark 11.24. It says, whatever you pray, I'm I'm, I'm going to give you. And so um, we pray for people that we love to join the family at 11.24. I've got a little alarm on my phone that goes off every day. You might want to be part of that, praying for people. Or maybe there's people you know who you want to invite along. Or maybe it is just that neighbor you know is having a tough time. Maybe knocking on the door, seeing if you can have a chat, offering to pray. But God's heart breaks for Swindon. God's heart breaks for the 200,000 who aren't coming. And you know their names. And Ash should too. And he wants to help us with this. We've got big dreams for Swindon. We're dreaming of 1,000 baptisms. We're going to be over 1% after two weeks' time. That's exciting, eh? We're dreaming of a thousand baptisms. We're dreaming of an army of young people running after Jesus. We're dreaming of being a church who makes a difference to some of the social issues in our town. We're dreaming of being a church who plants churches who plant churches. We're dreaming of seeing Swindon come alive. But it starts with us grasping God's heart for those on the outside and carrying it ourselves. God's heart breaks for those on the outside, as should too, and he wants to help us. Imagine if every one of us just caught this beating heart of God for those on the outside. Imagine, actually, the new sense of purpose we'd have in, in 2020. Not just, not just doing our own thing, but also with eyes on, on those on the outside. And imagine the joy, the fun, when some of those people come alive in Jesus. And they do it too. Imagine what we could see. 
we're only going to see Swindon come alive when each one of us grasps at God's heartbeat for those on the outside.